Welcome to Clarity to Launch, the podcast. I'm your host, Natanya Bravo, founder of the Bravo Life, business and mindset coach, and a woman on a mission to help you acknowledge that internal whisper and gain the clarity you need to launch a life you truly love. Years ago, I followed my own whisper and took a leap of faith, leaving behind a six-figure salary and everything I knew to fulfill a one-day dream of moving to Paris. That one tough decision led me to creating a seven-figure business, marrying the love of my life, and helping thousands of women use their passions to uncover their purpose and create the income and impact they were born to. It all boiled down to one decision. Was I going to keep telling myself one day or make today day one? Now it's your turn to decide. Clarity to Launch is here to give you the tools you need to guide you along the way. All you have to do is decide. So are you ready? It's time to launch the life you were born to live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Clarity Launch, the podcast. Today, I am joined by Joe Little, an embodiment guide and founder of Creative Cleansing. Joe works with individuals and groups to help them become present with their bodies and heal from the inside out via a feminine approach to cleansing that focuses not just on food, but on the mind, body, and spirit holistically. Welcome, Joe. I'm very excited to chat with you today. Mm, so good to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, definitely. I was reading your story and you have an incredible story that I'm really excited for you to share with us leading up to the creation of your business. I would love if you could share a little bit into how you went from the event and music industry, which we were just talking about, we have very similar backgrounds into holistic health. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a long, windy path to get me here. Um, I was in music and event production for about 15 years. I started working in the music industry when I was probably about 18 years old. And really it was something that I was so incredibly passionate about and I never thought I would ever find anything that I was as passionate about as building events, putting on live performances and really bringing people together in in that way. Um, But there was always this like niggle in in the back of my heart that I was interested in something deeper that I was passionate about really helping people uh, connect to their bodies, connect to food and connect to the energy of the earth around us. Even though along the way of kind of like professing this, in my mind, there was always just one more amazing job. There was always mm. like one more great gig to do. The money was great. It was so exciting. And I always kept putting it off. 11 years ago, the universe decided for me and took me on a very sharp exit stage left. Mm. And I had a ruptured brain aneurysm. I was in a coma for six weeks. And when I emerged from the coma, I was severely brain damaged. And it took me a journey of six years of really working on myself, really getting to know my own body and really starting to discover the things that were important to me, just like I had in the music industry, learn on the job. I was learning on the job of this, like really learning how to rebuild myself from the inside out. And along the way, I learned so many things that I'm now incorporating into my work and seeing how everything fits together in this really interdependent way, um, which is why I'm wanting to bring this more holistic way of cleansing and working with our bodies 
and this compassionate approach to cleansing. I want to go back because I love what you said about you were getting, I think you called it niggles or wiggles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I typically call it like whispers, right? And so I think we all get these little signs along our journey of what we're supposed to be doing, you know, that pull that we feel. But you, I'm curious to know when you were working in the music and events industry, did you have clarity of like, I know this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in the way that you're doing it now. You mean as in like the work that I'm doing exactly. now, I had yeah. that clarity. I knew that I had to do something that was getting people in touch with themselves and working on the environment. I knew that those two things were super important to me and I just didn't know how they connected. And I mm. so... While I understood it inside my heart, I couldn't necessarily put all the pieces together and make them make sense. Yep. And oftentimes, as, as you know, and I personally have also had, you know, not definitely not as severe as what your moment was, but the moment where God, the universe tells you, okay, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to make you listen. <laughs> and can you talk about while you were kind of healing yourself, when did, at what point did the clarity of how you were going to connect the two come for you? Was it while you were healing yourself? Was it after that six year period where you were kind of relearning and healing? Um, I think I knew all the way along and I, I knew when I woke up that this was something that was happening to redirect me. Um, I even remember being in hospital and lying in bed and saying, like, why was I asking for this? Like, mm. what is the message? Like, what is this meant to be teaching me? And all the way through my recovery, I was always used to say all the time, eyes wide open, ears wide open. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. Guide me. Show me what I need to know, what I need to um, focus on. And I knew that it would be uh, an unfolding and still is to this day, an unfolding journey. I don't think anything is like, oh, I have the winning formula. It's this and it's yeah. not going to be changeable. We're always taking in more information and evolving as we go. So for me, it has been an ongoing journey of just listening and being guided and really working with my intuition around this. Yeah. So when you first went into actually starting this as a business, what did that look like? What were your offerings? What did you call yourself? I know you also did some, you studied and, and, and got some education for yourself as well. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what those beginning days looked like in your business. Well, um, it was out of necessity that it came to me, really. I, when I came out of hospital, I went to go and live at the Optimum Health Institute down in San Diego which is like a raw vegan cleanse retreat. And when I left, uh, it was made such a huge impact on the healing of my brain and on the, the healing of my body. I made a commitment that I was going to do a cleanse every month for 18 months. And I started to do that at home. And a lot of my friends started to know my journey and I was being very vocal about what I was doing and people started joining me. Like, oh, I'll cleanse with you this month. Oh, I'll come on board with you. And it really got to the point where, you know, like if there was, you know, one person, it was manageable as like me and a friend. But if there was like, you know, three people, I was felt like I was out of my process and that mm. I was more working with, with them. And then it was becoming, I wasn't actually doing my own cleanse myself. And I said, you know what, if people want to do this, maybe I will 
do my cleanse and then I will create a space where I can invite other people and support other people in their process and that was how it was born it was I never really intended to do this as a, a career I guess it was something that I started to get known for and that people knew I was doing it and knew I had a lot of information about it and were asking questions so I then created creative cleansing as a way to support my friends that wanted to you know, have a break, like spend some time detoxing, really get in touch with their bodies and realign their health goals. Mm -hmm. So it was a really, it was a, a slow process that kind of evolved with my own process. I love that. And I know specifically in the healing and coaching space, we're often helping people with the things that we've kind of helped ourselves with. And I remember at least for me, the first time I wanted to start working with clients, people were coming to me, like, how have you done this for yourself? Can you help me with it? It was like, well, I know I can do this for me, but I had this imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs have of like, well, what if I can't help someone else? Was that your experience or what was your experience the first time where you were taking what's worked for you and now looking at how can I apply this to now help other people on their journeys? Yeah, I think that the great thing for me is that I believe in the work so deeply. Like, like I know and I've seen it create so many transformations in people's lives that I don't doubt for one minute. Like I don't feel like it is me doing anything I feel like I am empowering people to do the work for themselves and I'm giving people parameters in which to explore this work and so and I believe in it so deeply and I have seen time and time again the transformations that happen um, that I don't have much doubt in that respect so in the beginning time there was never any question whatsoever for me I was like, cleansing is a powerful tool. I think it was as I got deeper into the process and I started to understand the nuances of it. And I started to kind of look at people or maybe people coming to me with larger health opportunities, mm. um, like bigger challenges. Yeah. That I was then a little bit like concerned, okay, this, this person has a lot on the line for yeah. this. It's like, you know, they either have, a, you know, an illness or they have something like a big difficulty, then had a nervousness, like, am I the person to guide them through this? Yeah. And so I think that, yes, there is that. And then there's also been, for me, a lot of question around understanding, I guess, the dark side of cleansing and really like how people are. You know, you may have heard the term orthorexia, people who have an unhealthy relationship with healthy food. So it's people who then have an obsession. Oh, my God, no, I can't eat this or I can't eat before after this time at night or I couldn't possibly come to dinner at that restaurant because I can't eat this thing. And they, they end up with a neurosis around mm -hmm. food. And then I started to really look into the eating disorder um, and how really like healthy eating and eating disorders are like uh, colliding together at the moment to create an, a new kind of, yeah, eating neurosis, I guess. And I didn't want to add to that. So mm. I really had to evaluate like what my message was and how I could support people in a more compassionate way so that they could really be empowered around their food choices and their cleansing choices. 
You talk a lot about a feminine, gentle approach. Can you expand on what does that mean? Yeah, so uh, a lot of the way that we've been cleansing historically is the what we would call the heroic approach to healing, which is like, if I do this thing and I wake up at this time in the morning and I have, um, I, you know, fast until this time and then I have celery juice and then I have like three ounces of protein and like seven ounces of greens and everything is like measured mm-hmm. and it's very rigid and structured and there's not a lot of room for interpretation. So you're almost creating a lot of control around the way that you are approaching your healing. Mm-hmm. And the the wise woman way of healing or the feminine approach to healing is really coming from this place where if we nurture ourselves and if we nourish ourselves and if we have compassion for ourselves, that our path will naturally unfold in a very gentle and honest way. And we will be directed into the thing that that is the most healing for us. And healing doesn't always look the same for everyone. Like some people think that, oh, like healing has to be like, okay, I have to be this weight and this strength and I have to be able to climb this mountain. And, you know, for other people, healing might be that, you know, I, I survived and I can make it down the end of the road and I get up in the morning and I'm managing to like feed myself. So it's like, starting to be a lot more gentle in the approach to what true health looks like. It doesn't mean you have to be a certain size. It doesn't mean you have to achieve a certain goal um, in the sense of like being able to do a hundred push-ups or something like this, but that we feel good within ourselves and that it is is around heart healing and intuitive healing. Yes. And as you were saying that, I was actually thinking of how that could all, everything you were saying, if I replaced the word healing with business, right? And so how you show up in your business, being more intuitive, not necessarily having to have business or sales or whatever, look a certain way or how you want to work with your clients or the offers that you want to create or how you want to show up in the world. It's very similar in in that feminine approach. I think there's a, there has to be that balance, um, especially in a in in the space that we're all in where you know you are working in the healing space and there's so much noise online there's so many different ways of this is right this is wrong and really allowing yourself to be guided and and following your heart as opposed to what we think we're supposed to do i love that you have that approach in your work but it also just reminded me um for my own business this is the journey that i'm on of like really finding my own voice and being authentic to me and how I want to show up. And it doesn't have to look like what other people are successful in. I can define my own metrics of success and what that looks like for me <laughs> is challenging sometimes because there is so much noise, but it also, I think is, is really fulfilling. So I love that you've brought that to your work in healing, but it, it did definitely reminded me of my business journeys and my clients' business journeys of just finding our own way in a world where it's great that there are so many resources, but it can also be really overwhelming to where you start to not even know what's my voice versus what's someone else's voice. And I'm curious for you in your work and in your business, 
how have you been able to, because when I, when I go to your website, when I look at your Instagram, I really get a sense, even before we spoke today of you and your vibe and your values. And I'm sure that's what attracts your clients to want to work with you. I really believe, you know, we, we work with who in such intimate work, you're going to work with who you like, right. And who you share common values with. And so how have you kind of found your own voice, even with what you just said about the feminine approach to healing, what has that process been like for you? First of all, thank you. Like, uh, thank you for recognizing that. Thank you for seeing that. And thank you for making this something that is important. Because I think that, you know, comparison is, 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 a, is a killer for oh, yeah. so many of our hearts and so many of our dreams. And so when we, we have a dream inside us and then we start comparing ourselves with those around us or we start copying other people, mm -hmm. we think it looks like success. Yeah. From their point of view, then we are strangling our authenticity. We are strangling who we are as people. And we're saying that like what is true for us um, isn't valid and, and that's really dangerous yeah. I'm going to tell you what I see or what I feel inside myself yeah. it, it might sound a little abstract but I'm going to go for it anyway it's like how I do it is I stay in my verticality and what that means is that I am grounded and rooted and I am connected downwards energy towards the earth with a very stable base and that when I feel myself and, and I feel a sense of uncertainty, like inside myself, I bring my energy in and I send it down. And that, that energy stabilizes with the earth, the earth ground, the, the, the groundedness. And then from that place, I take my energy up and I send it up, 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 as, as high as I can. And I try and stay in this like vertical alignment within, within inside myself so that I am receiving energy, receiving like wisdom, receiving like communication from above and that I am staying super grounded in my pillar, in, in my vertical alignment. And I try not to allow myself to get too distracted horizontally which is like all of like the hooks, all of like the um, distractions that come into me around on, on this plane um, of the way that other people are doing things or what other people look like, just like, or what other people's judgments of what I'm doing are. Um, like that's, that's their pillar, that's their way of being. And I try to stay in my own sense, like what am I feeling? What am I, what am I receiving from both below and above? And what am I hearing inside myself? And so I spend a reasonable amount of time alone and then spend a lot of time with friends also. But like energetically, I first check in with like, what is true for me? And so if that makes sense. It does. Like, the visual like, was actually really helpful. I love that analogy that you use. Yeah. Cause I think that oftentimes a lot of people, when, if you like, if you imagine ourselves as a vertical alignment, as we start to get distracted and we start to get pulled, we start to come out of our own mm -hmm. like alignment. Mm -hmm. And then we start to like just present a more like disfigured version of ourselves, which isn't true and isn't authentic. And 
the, the stronger that we can stay in our vertical alignment, the more that we can start to receive information from the earth and above, the more that we will be able to present our true authentic self. Love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I also wanted to ask you about, I saw that um, your offerings, you've done things around daily rituals. And I think this is something we, when I say we, the entrepreneurial space hears a lot about having a daily ritual or daily routine or something to ground your day or end your day. And I mean, at least for me personally, like I have an eight month old, like, you know, in this whole pandemic world, things are uncertain and can pop up in any moment. And so I have oftentimes struggled with being consistent of like, well, what do I choose as a, what's the right ritual for me? What is, what is the ritual? What is the routine? We, you know, what's the purpose of it? I'd love if you could give maybe some advice specifically for those of us that are either in the entrepreneurial space or thinking about getting there. What could a daily routine or ritual look like for us? And what is the purpose of it? So I think that daily routines and rituals are super important and also the understanding um, that we are always in motion and so that things are always changing. You know, you, you look at the seasons and the sun rises. I get up at 5 a.m. every day throughout the year, pretty much between 5 and 6 a.m. And sometimes in the winter, I get up in the dark. And then in the, the summertime, I'm getting up in the light. Yeah. And so my routine and ritual adapts with the seasons mm. and it changes as I move through the calendar of the year. And like understanding that our routines, while we have a great formula, they shouldn't be stagnant and they mm. shouldn't be like so, you shouldn't again, grip onto them so tightly that it becomes not something that you're um, intuitive around and that you're allowing to come coming up through you as something that is natural and it feels like something that you're engaged with and you're enjoying. So I think that our, our daily routines should be something that enliven us, that motivate us, and that they bring a sense of joy into our life and a sense of connection the difference between a routine and a ritual, that, that the thing that allows you to feel that spark of joy and that spark of inspiration within us. For me, I wake up every morning and I'll take you through a little bit of my morning routine. Um, I wake up every morning, I, I have something, I have an internal organ massage that I do called Chine Sang, which is basically like uh, working with my digestive system. And then I wake up, I skin brush, so I get everything moving. And um, I have a glass of water in by the side of my bed that I've poured the night before. And I drink this glass of water and I say deep gratitude and deep prayer towards the water for giving me life, for allowing me to be here. And then I will make a cup of tea. I'll come downstairs to my studio. And with my husband, we do Qigong and we do yoga. And then we'll have a meditation. And the meditations change throughout the, throughout the seasons. Um, in the wintertime, we always start with a candle prayer, which is a beautiful and powerful way to bring the light back towards us and uh, to call on the energies to ask them to help with us. Um, uh, 
powerful thing that we can do is really work with the elements as part of our rituals. When we start to work with fire, when we start to work with water, then we're actually working with tangible um, elements that can support us and we can communicate to them as energies that want to support us in our life. After doing our meditation, we will then hike up the hill and there will be like another point where I'll get to connect with the sun. And then I'll start really throughout the day, there are points that bring me back to like ritualistic moments. So whenever I'm eating, I'm always understanding again that I'm working with the elements, that I'm bringing these things, that I'm having deep gratitude. And that sense of gratitude in our bodies really changes our nervous system and allows us to receive. And that's a really important part of our ritual that we do it with a lot of consciousness and a lot of gratitude. And that when we slow things down and we really pay attention and we really welcome in the energies, the elements, and I'll say it again and again, talking to the elements as if they have personalities, and as if they can be in co-collaboration with us, will bring in a very different sense of how that energy and how that ritual works in, in our system. I love that. And I also really love what you said about it not needing to be this rigid thing. I think a lot of times when we think of like our daily routine, we have, it's like, oh, well, I didn't do it exactly right the next day. So it's all wrong. And then we get off track and just that permission to adapt to what you're feeling, what season you're in literally, and not literally, you know, that feels a lot more freeing to be able to adapt it to what's going on with you, what what works for you at this time, what feels good, what brings you joy. So thank you for sharing your ritual as well. Yeah, like I just want to add to that, that like the way that the humans work with rituals or the way that a lot of people work with rituals is they think of it like a, a structure or a to-do list. Mm-hmm. And they think that it's again, very rigid and very masculine in this way of like, oh, it has to be like this and look like this. And when we take it on as a way of communicating to the elements that are our friends, then it can be a way of including them in our life and asking these energies to support us. And then it becomes a lot more playful and a lot less rigid. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love if you could share where we can find out more about you, learn what you're doing. People that are listening want to connect with you. Um, You can find me on Instagram under Creative Cleansing and also my website, which is the same creativecleansing.com. Thank you, Joe, for sharing so much of your wisdom. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for following your own calling. This has been really insightful. And for anyone that wants to connect with Joe, we will also link all of her information in the show notes. Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing. And I hope to meet you one day soon. Yes, definitely. Thank you. I hope this episode gives you more clarity and proof that you can create a life you truly love. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to connect and serve those who are ready to use their ideas and experiences to positively impact the lives of others. If you want to connect more, follow me on Instagram at The Bravo Life.